It's good to see you all. Um, we're in the middle of a series of sermons on the book of Proverbs. And uh, I was asked uh, this morning to, to preach on uh, friends and a good name, which Proverbs talks about. Um, how does this name here make you feel? What do you, what do you think about when you hear the name Judas? Probably not a lot good, is it? You know, that used to be a popular name. There was a lot of people named Judas when Jesus was here. It was a popular name, a respected name. How many people with this name do you know today? I can't think of any myself. You may know one. I don't. What happened to that name? That name was destroyed by the apostle Judas Iscariot. When they came to arrest Jesus, Jesus said, Friend, friend, why have you come? And then Judas betrayed his best friends for a little bit of money. Destroyed that name. And that name, Judas, has been associated with betrayal and treason ever since. Proverbs 22 and 1 says, A good name is to be chosen rather than riches, rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. A good reputation is worth more than being a billionaire. You know that. Do you value your name like a great treasure? Do you see it as your most valuable treasure? Or do you think, really, I don't really care what people think about me. It doesn't matter what other people think about me. We're given two names when we're born into this world. Your family name has a reputation with it, and it wasn't your choice. But every day you live your life, you make choices. And those choices contribute to what people think of when they hear your name. Whether it's good or bad. Do people think of good things when they hear your name? Or not so good things? Maybe it depends on who you ask. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Not only does your name have a reputation with people, it also has a reputation with God. If you've lived your life being merciful, merciful and forgiving to other people, then your name is associated with mercy to God and men. If you haven't been forgiving to people, if you've been resentful and unforgiving and unmerciful, then you may not have such a good name to men and God. If you're 
have lived your life telling the truth consistently, even when it hurts you to do so, then your name means truth to man and God. But if you've lived a life telling lies and half-truths, then you may have sullied your name to man and God. What do people think about your name? Do they think, well, he's not very friendly. Do they think, well, she's kind of bitter, you know. Do they think of someone who's greedy and will do anything for money? Or do they think of someone who's kind and generous? You know, we're all going to die. What are they going to say about the person who has your name when you die? Acts chapter 9 and verse 32 tells of a woman who was living in Joppa, this the town of Joppa, and she died. And her name was Tabitha. And when she died, the people around there knew that Apostle Peter was in the town of Lydia next nearby. And so they sent men to Lydia to find the Apostle Peter. And they implored him to come back to Joppa, for Tabitha had died. And so Peter left everything and traveled to Joppa. And he, they had put her in an upper room, and he went up to this upper room, and he knelt down in the room, and he prayed. And turning to the body, Acts chapter 9 and verse 40 says, And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. You know, many people died around that time. And the Bible doesn't record them saving all of those people who died. Why did they go out of their way so much for this woman? Why did they have such faith that they were able to do this for this woman? Well, verse 36 says, Tabitha was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. She had a good name, didn't she? When Peter arrived, all the widows had come out mourning and weeping, and they brought out all the garments and tunics, the clothes that Tabitha had made for them, and showed them. Tabitha had the kind of name that encouraged people to good works and faith, even in her death. Proverbs 27 and verse 2 says, Let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. You can't give yourself a good name. You can't just say you have a good name. Other people will give you that based on what you do. It takes a lifetime of work and It's a lot of time to build up a good name. Your name is what is made of the things you do. That's what people are going to remember about you. Proverbs 10 
and verse 7 says, The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. A good name, a good name can live on even after you die. A good name can encourage and have an influence on generations after you've left this earth. I want you to think about your friends for a minute. Think about the friends that you have. You know, your friends are the people that you choose to spend time with. And they can affect your reputation. They can affect your name, what people think about you. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Friends have a a huge effect on you and your life. You know that? A righteous and a godly friend will give you good advice. Even at the risk of hurting your feelings. But an ungodly friend will give you bad advice. Proverbs 27 and 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, that friend that is willing to hurt your feelings to give you good advice, he's a true friend, a real honest friend. But a bad friend will just tell you what you want to hear. For his own gain. Proverbs 12 and verse 26. Says the righteous should choose his friends carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. Choose godly friends. Choose them. You know, it's easy to be friends with the people you work with, the people you go to school with. Don't make friends out of convenience. It's too important. This can affect the rest of your life. It can have a huge impact on your life. Of course, you you should be friendly. Be kind and friendly to everyone. But be very careful who you choose to be friends with. This is a life-changing decision. Proverbs 24 and 1 says, Do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their heart devises violence, and their lips talk of troublemaking. You may know people who seem to be cool. You know, they are really cool, and, 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 and I want to hang out with these people. Because it's fun. It's fun hanging out with them. And you want to have fun. We all want to have fun. We all want to be around cool people. But these people may not have good morals. And if they don't have godly morals, they'll pull you away from God. It will draw you away from God. It happened to me. And I've seen it happen over and over again. 
You're not as strong as you think you are. Satan outworks us. You know, most of Proverbs was written by King Solomon. And it's full of wisdom. And we've had sermons about all the wisdom in this book. And he begins the book of Proverbs talking to his sons. And he implores them to make the right decisions. And he starts out warning them about the friends that they make. About the company they choose to keep. The people they choose to listen to. He starts out saying, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. They So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owners. If Solomon gives his sons a very solemn picture here of a man who chooses the wrong friends, of a person who chooses the wrong people to hang out with, and it takes their life, this is a warning for all of us not to make friends with wicked people. Don't walk with them, it says. At the end of 1 Kings chapter 11, the King Solomon dies. And the kingdom of Israel is turned over to his son, Rehoboam. So did Solomon's son follow all the wisdom of his father? Did he follow his father's device in the book of Proverbs? Did he listen to what God said? No, he didn't. He did not. First Kings at the beginning of chapter 12. All of Israel was assembled at Sheol. And they came to make Rehoboam king. And the elders, all the elders of Israel came and they gave him advice. They told him, Rehoboam, you need to lighten the load of the people. Be as a servant to them and they'll give their lives for you. They'll serve you their whole lives. Rehoboam didn't have mercy on the people. Instead, he turned to his childhood friends. And he listened to the advice of his childhood friends who were not godly people. And they told him, no, have no mercy on these people. They'll take advantage of you. Be hard on them. 
Take more from them than your father did. You got to be harsh with these people. And he did. He reigned without mercy. And all the people of Israel went back home to their homes. And when Rehoboam sent the collector, the tax collector, to the people to take money, they stoned him to death. Rehoboam fled to Judah, and the kingdom of Israel was divided. Judah and Benjamin followed and were ruled by Rehoboam. The other ten tribes chose King Solomon's former servant as their king. The friends you make, the people you listen to, they can have a huge impact. Rehoboam destroyed the good name that his grandfather David and his father Solomon had built. Be very careful who you choose as friends. James 4 and verse 4 says, Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy with God. You can't have both. So what if you've made some bad decisions, some bad choices throughout your life? What if your name is not so good to man and God? What can you do about it? Is there anything you can do to fix it? To make you have a good name if you've spent a lifetime destroying it? Luke chapter 19 tells how Jesus was traveling through Jericho. And as he walked through Jericho, a crowd, a massive crowd of people surrounded him. And the chief tax collector in that region was a man named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus had become rich by taking more taxes from people than they owed and keeping the the difference. You think he had a good name? No, his name was pretty sorry. But Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, and the crowd, he couldn't see over him because he was a short man. And so Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd and climbed up on a sycamore tree so he could see. And as Jesus passed by, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19 and verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him with joy, joyfully. This man had such a bad reputation that all the people began to murmur and complain against Jesus. Why are you going into his house? This is a sinful man. Why would you do this? But Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Zacchaeus changed his name. 
The truth is, Jesus changed Zacchaeus' name among the people and to God. When Zacchaeus answered Jesus' call, he changed that name. And that name would no longer be associated with greed and ripping people off, but mercy and truth. Jesus changed his name, and he can change your name too. Choose Jesus as your best friend. Make that choice. Make make the choice that Jesus is going to be my best friend today. You can do that. Jesus said, you are my friends if you keep my commandments. If you do what he said, if you look through and read what he said to do, how he sh- you should treat people, you'll have a good name. Because the way he said to treat people with love and kindness will give you an awesome name among people. And choose his friends to be your friends. Be friends with Jesus' friends. Those are the friends that will help you, that will encourage you, not pull you away from God. They'll bring you closer to God if they're true friends of Jesus. And don't sully this name. Don't ruin this name to the people you come in contact with. Make that name Christian mean Christ-like to the people you meet. Have you been a friend of this world? Have you not been such a good friend to Jesus lately? You know, if you haven't Warn that name like you should. Jesus Christ is willing to give you that name and make it mean what He died to make it mean in your life. He's willing to let His Father be your Father, to be adopted, to have that name, a new name. If you haven't obeyed this good news, you can do that today. If you haven't been the kind of friend that you ought to be to Jesus, you can change that. You can read His words. Change that. Make, read the words that He says. Listen to Him and do what He said to do. Walk with Him. If you'd like the prayers of the church this morning to help you in either of these things, please come forward, sit on the front pew. Now as we stand and sing, the song will be selected.